ladies and gentlemen, this is the drop zone. This is your captain, Sean Zock, speaking. Dylan DeCher is my co-captain, my co-host. It's a weird week for the drop zone. It's a great week for the drop zone. Our friend Dylan is getting married, both in the future and in the past. Basically, it's Tuesday night, and uh, you're probably hearing this on Sunday night or on Monday morning because uh, our, our man got married on Saturday. Really depends how you're feeling on Sunday morning is how has what's going to maybe determine the release date of this podcast. Yeah, I think the truth is we're just, we're not going to watch a lot of the PGA Tour this weekend. We're not going to watch the LPGA Tour this weekend. We won't be paying attention to the Champions Tour. It is what it is, but we're going to have a lot of fun in the drop zone because we always have fun in the drop zone. We are going to go through... Our 10 favorite golf courses. Dylan's top 10, my top 10. Uh, we will have our own criteria. We will share with you a course that we believe is overrated, that it's outside of our top 10. And then some honorable mentions, as well as a course that is on top of our each of our bucket list. And that's what we're going to give you this week. I hate to say take it or leave it, but take it or leave it. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. That's not much of a sales pitch there. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. You guys get a lot of tour talk from us, but I think this will be a good way to just get a peek inside. I don't know the way we think about golf courses when we get the chance to play them. We are both very spoiled. We live charmed existences when it comes to uh, to playing good golf courses, but I think it's also a good way to think about what makes a great golf experience and how that does and does not overlap with a great golf course. Totally. Totally. So I'm excited. Do you want to start with honorable mentions or do you want to, you want to get those afterwards? I want to start with an ad read mm. for our sponsor of the week. Dylan, you're getting married and I think you and I might play a little golf together in Southern California on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to give you a present on Friday and that present will be a 12-pack of Arnold Palmer Spiked. Oh, Sean, that's the gift that keeps <laughs> on giving. As you know, Dylan, Arnold Palmer Spiked champions the timeless combinations we can't help but enjoy. It is the perfect balance of brewed teas and real fruit juice, now with 5% ABV. It's a classic drink, but now it has alcohol in it just the way everyone really loves it. You can find Arnold Palmer Spiked in a store near you, Dylan, by going to arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash drop zone. That's D-R-O-P-Z-O-N-E. I noticed how Dylan never actually spelled out the letters when he was giving his ad read. You can also search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. So folks, get out there and search. That's arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash drop zone. That is how you support the drop zone. That's how you support Arnold Palmer Spiked, 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee, malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly, just like you and I will be doing this weekend together. Let's get to the good stuff. It's easy to it's easy to put a few of those back, though, Sean, I will say. Celebrating responsibly. The Arnie Palmies. Whew. They go down smooth. All right. I want to start with my honorable mentions. Is that cool with you, or you want to you want to save those for the end? Get these off your chest. All right. Cabot Links. Mm. Just the the dream of northeastern Canada. Terrific. Not on my top ten. Stanford Valley Golf Links, my first ever membership, Sean. Sixty bucks for the entire summer. Wow. Also a great spot, not in my top ten. Wabika, fall perfection, deep in the western Massachusetts countryside, uh, where I played my high school golf. Really good spot. 
Pasa Tiempo, which I played with you, was absolutely fantastic. Wow, I completely forgot about that one. Damn it. Homer Golf Course in Alaska was uh, like just one, maybe the greatest backyard golf course I've ever been to. Port Marnock in Ireland is sensational. And Pine Valley, I get why it's number one on all of these worldwide <laughs> courses. What? It may be the best golf course I've ever played if you, you, know, if you just consider sort of the, the earth itself. But it didn't t- crack my top 10 favorites. Wow. So, Sean, those are my honorable mentions. That's so, a high-powered group. So, Pine Valley, the number one golf course in the world on every single list, uh, is in your honorable mention. That is interesting. Uh, a course that was kind of modeled around Pine Valley, nine-holer, private, the Dunes Club in Michigan, southwest Michigan. I played it for the first time this summer. That's definitely on my honorable mention. Gamble Sands out in central, central eastern Washington. You and I went out there this year. We have content coming on Gamble Sands. Uh, that's a special place, but it's still kind of growing in. Totally. And then there's a, just a very special place in my heart for Aaron Hills. Uh, I don't know if it cracks my top 10 just because I've played so many really, really great places. Uh, humble brag. But Aaron Hills is up there. Uh, one of my favorite places to play up in Wisconsin. So let's get to the top 10. My number 10 is a little bit of a surprise. I know you've played this course. You and I have Mm. talked about it briefly, but we have not played it together. Uh, I played it for the first time 2020 summer. It's Marquette Golf Club's Gray Walls up in the UP. This is a golf course unlike any other. And I have no hesitation in saying that because you were playing golf. Basically, it feels like you're playing golf on a mountain, and you're not actually playing on a mountain. It's just, this is not the Rockies or the Appalachian Mountains. This is still in the Midwest here, northern Midwest. But it, you are you are up on a hill, a, a pretty expansive hill, up uh, looking over Lake Michigan, and there are rock outcroppings that you hit from, you hit above, you hit at, you hit away from, you hit around. It is probably one of the best golf courses I think I've ever played that I've ever flown a drone around basically this course looks in- impeccable via the drone yeah I think it's the kind of course that I want to play two times a year every single year not every day but it is a, a pretty incredible experience every time you do play it what is it that sixth hole is the par three that gets all the photos taken of it with that massive rock outcrop sitting kind of right in front and right behind it yeah, I'm not sure if it's number six or not, but there's just so many memorable, just like cliffs you're hitting from around. And it, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Epic golf course. Great, great way to kick off your top 10, Sean. Fully approve. My number 10, Chambers Bay, my <laughs> new home course in Washington. Uh, you know, whenever you move somewhere, it's nice to really feel like you get settled into a new course. Some people find that by joining clubs. I found it in Chambers Bay by moving to Seattle. I've played it, you know, only a handful of times since I've moved there. It is a little bit hard on the the budget to go down there all the time, but it's just such a fantastic golf course and it's such a great atmosphere there. You're playing in a public park. If you play in the afternoon, which I would highly recommend, and you get on the back nine with the sun starting to set over the train tracks, uh, over the nearby water, it's really hard to beat, and the property itself is just epic. So yes. Chambers Bay, awesome U.S. Open site and awesome golf course to play, and you know my kind of de facto home course right now. Yeah, I rated that as my number seven, and I know Whoa. 
that might seem high to some people. I know that like in terms of golf magazines, top 100 courses or top 100 courses you can play. Chambers is, is not as high up as it should be, I think. Similar to you, I have so much love for it and what it has done actually in the years since the U.S. Open. That's when I got to play it. They uh, they changed the grass of the greens. Mm-hmm. Basically, the golf course that, that Jordan Spieth won at is a different golf course in some ways, in many ways, than it is right now. It's better for a muni that gets trotted on by thousands and thousands of people every single year. It's a muni, and we love that. It might have one of the best sunsets in golf. Yeah. Especially for municipal courses. I think the only one that can compare would be, I don't know, maybe Pacific Grove or or Torrey Pines. They treat you like resort courses treat you. They don't make you hoof it down down the hill. They'll they'll put you in a shuttle, bring you down the hill. You know, the range is wide open and waiting there for you. The the balls are free. The the halfway house is a great, great little halfway house. It feels like a resort. Yeah, yeah. They've got good supplies. They've they make a nice hot dog and the, the bar is fully stocked. Yeah. So number seven, you have knocked off number seven. Um why don't you go with your number nine now? Okay. Then we'll we'll get a little snake draft going here. Number nine, I've got Pebble Beach. Nice. You've heard of this one. It's funny. <laughs> I have. I was thinking about the most famous golf courses, and I think that Pebble Beach may be like the second most famous golf course. Like if you just asked a random person on the street to name a golf course, I think Augusta comes first. I think Pebble Beach maybe comes second. Yes. That's kind of a topic for another time. Maybe TPC Sawgrass is in there too. I think that they would probably just name whatever course is in closest proximity to them at, at the city that they are from. Yeah. <laughs> it depends where you were, yeah. Milwaukee Golf Club. Pebble Beach, I played this. So a little backstory, I guess, uh, for the uninitiated. When I was 17 and then 18 years old, I took a year in between high school and college. I lived in my Subaru Outback. I drove around the United States. I played one round of golf in every state in the lower 48. Um, I wrote a book about this called 18 in America, (laughs) which you can purchase at any bookseller near you, Sean. But point being, the first golf course on that trip that I played that I had kind of heard of before or knew about before was Pebble Beach. And I, you know, wrote to the GM and kind of begged my way on. And it was so surreal being to a course that I had seen playing, you know, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005, seeing guys hit shots on on television. And I think now it's funny, we we can almost take that for granted in our jobs because we get to go to a bunch of professional events. We get to see some of the great championship venues of golf. But at the time, it was so surreal looking down those sixth, seventh, eighth holes, yeah, hitting these spectacular shots. I guess the only reason it's not ranked higher is because there's just a handful of, of somewhat forgettable holes on that back nine. Yep. And, and you can definitely tell that you're playing resort golf man it's pretty spectacular and again if you talk about the best sunsets in golf that 18th hole in the late afternoon is pretty spectacular so pebble beach i guess properly rated as a golf course which means mm-hmm. it's excellent yeah i would have more to say about it but i have never played it hopefully <laughs> we can take care of that sometime soon yeah where's your uh, number nine my number nine is in campbelltown scotland it is macrahanish mm-hmm. It is the southwest corner of Scotland. Now, this is probably be a golf course. 
it'll be more difficult than any other course on our either of our lists to get to you. You cannot get there easily. I flew, gosh, I flew into Glasgow, got on a shuttle bus that took three hours. You loop around a bunch of the lakes in the area and it, you, re, you land in this town that used to be the whiskey capital of the world. Used to have like 23 like whiskey distilleries. They have one now. You basically feel like you're playing golf. You know, you're going back in time to play golf. It's, the course was designed by old Tom Morris. You go out and you go back. It has one of the hardest tee shots, opening tee shots in all of golf. Playing amongst the dunes, these these linksy dunes. It's always going to be windy. It's very often going to have some weather to deal with. It has the most quaint clubhouse that burned down a couple years ago and they've rebuilt it back up. There's there's basically one bar around the corner. There's one little inn on this like corner of the peninsula. There are, you know, surfers out braving the cold uh, along the first the beach which is along the first fairway. It is such a I'm I've gone back in time to play golf feeling that uh you know I don't even remember a whole lot of the golf holes out there but the vibe and that, that'll maybe be a sense of my list of what comes on my list is just like the vibe of feeling like you're playing golf in the 17 1800s it's pretty special and so Macrahanish is deservedly in the top 100 golf courses in the world um, mm-hmm. per golf magazine because I think it still stands up uh, against the test of time I've not been to Scotland Sean but I have been to Tennessee and that's where I played the honors course um, in Ultawa, Tennessee. Kind of a quieter member of the uh, top 100, I'd say, courses. It's a low-key private course. Um, I think Tiger won the national championships there. I mean, he, I can't remember what year, but I think he shot like 80 in the final round and still won there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I played with a, a laid-off, unemployed golf course architect named Rob Collins, who's now kind of a cult hero, Sweeten's Cove designer, who has a, you know, a bunch of other courses in the hopper. That experience, I played it with, with Rob and with the superintendent and with the superintendent's dog. Um, and <laughs> it just made me appreciate golf in an entirely different way, just because I was playing with two guys that had such appreciation for the course's design and the course's maintenance. It gave me like this mm. 360 degree view where, you know, here I was with a, a little bit of a background playing competitive junior golf and and thinking a lot about my score and how I felt on the course, but not necessarily thinking about behind the scenes what went into it. Seeing these guys be so positive about that process, you know, rather than this wasn't like guys bitching about conditioning or, you know, saying, oh, this hole could be better if whatever, just admiring the beauty of this course. It's funny. It's right off the main drag, but once you're out there, I think it's literally an Audubon sanctuary. Uh, it felt like you, you were in like an aviary, the, the wildlife scene, the bird scene was fantastic. So the honors course to all our Tennessee listeners, if there's any way you can, you know, get out there, it's well worth your while. I think that there's a, it takes some time for us to appreciate golf courses. Like you kind of just explained i think it takes all of us some time to kind of figure out you got to marinate a little bit that's great conditioning that's why this golf golf courses all look that way that's why there's great design that's what makes a good golf hole and i think it's funny that you mentioned that because the course that made me finally um i think after like 
four or five years of working in the industry really actually made me think about golf course design is my number seven or my number eight, excuse me. And that would be Chicago golf club. Oh, Chicago golf club, extremely exclusive. CB McDonald basically telling us how golf should look design wise. Now the course, the club, I don't know if I'll ever play it again the rest of my life. I played it via a media day um, for the women's senior open a couple years ago. It is the peak of CB McDonald telling you hit it here, hit it there, hit it here. Now, now hit it to that place. You think uh, this green is easy here. Now, once you get on the green, you see that there's a big thumbprint that you couldn't quite understand from the tee box. Can you hit a draw? Can you hit a fade? Can, can you hit it into this punch bowl? Can you hit it to the edge of the punch bowl? It was the first course that I stood in the center of, and I looked around and I feel like I could see every single hole, almost every single green. And I felt like I could see every single golfer that was on the golf course. It's completely contained. It, it is a special design. And the vibe out there, a little stodgy, a little tight-lipped. Mm, yeah, a little stuffy. So it bumps it down to the eight hole. Definitely bumps it down to the eight hole, but the design of uh, of it is truly special and I think is something that I'll always, it kind of changed the way I, I looked at the game. Sounds like CB was asking you some questions that I don't know if you had the answers to. He might've been telling me the answers and I had to like think, figure oh. out what the questions were. Jeopardy style. Exactly. RIP Alex Trebek. <laughs> What's your number seven? The rest of this list will be dedicated to... Mr. Trebek. Number seven is Bully Pulpit in Medora, North Dakota. And this, Jeez. this is another, never heard of it. This is another course from my, uh, my trip promise. I won't speak too much more on, but the experience of trying to play a golf course in every state, you sort of try to find a representative golf course of, you know, different versions of what golf looks like in America, but also different versions of what golf looks like in a certain region mm -hmm. i think starting out being from massachusetts i didn't really know that there would be golf in north dakota period and then once i got there to realize what it could look like bully pulpit was insane shout out also to hawk tree which is a ridiculously good golf course um nearby but bully pulpit blew my mind because when you get up to I believe it's the 14th tee it could be the 15th tee but it's a par three where you're in the Badlands, essentially. You're like in the heart of the Badlands and you're looking out and, you know, I think I described it as like skeletons of mountains are all around you. You're up above everything. If you've been walking the course until then, they leave you a golf cart so that you can drive because that's how high up into these canyons you go. And then you look out, there's this little, you know, green mouse pad of a green staring up at you. The wind's whipping. You're supposed to somehow hit that green it's just an incredibly majestic place for a golf course that's basically in the Wild West. Not super expensive to play. I think that really the only barrier to entry is just getting there, which is pretty significant for, for most people. There's not a lot of population centers around there. So Bully Pulpit. Sean, I hope we've got that in our future travel plans to, mm. uh, to make it back mm. out there because it was an awe-inspiring spot. So that's my number seven. Destination Golf, the Dakotas. Uh, hmm. Sounds really good to me. Uh, as we discussed, my number seven was Chambers. So I will move on to number six, keep the pace flowing. Uh, a golf course that we played together, it is Morfontaine. Nice. It is another very difficult course to get mm. on. I don't want to talk too kindly about these extremely private places, but 
This is uh, on the north side, I believe, of Paris. We were out there for the Ryder Cup, and so that's why it was convenient for us. But never in my entire life has golf been more peaceful than that day. And it says a little bit about you being in my company. Yeah. Uh, more so, I think, the property. It has a lot of Pinehurst to it. It has a, a very Pinehurst look to it with the tall pine trees, tall winding into the sky pine trees, uh, the, the green grass that kind of blends into the brown native area. I think that it is a, when I get asked, what's the best golf course you ever played? Uh, I don't think of more Fontaine first. There are a number of golf holes out there that I don't remember design wise. But like when I think about serenity and <laughs> when I think about peacefulness, I think it is, it is the course I would want to play if I was going to go play golf alone. Like you start, you can kind of have the entire property to yourself. I think there was mm. like 20 golfers out there when we played out there and it just felt like you and I were walking in the forest together and just ch chasing these little white golf balls. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird to suggest that you don't need to experience golf with other people, but that's something we do all the time. You wrote about playing alone last year. I've enjoyed a lot of solo golf uh, since the pandemic started. A lot of people have. Uh, there's a lot of brilliance to solo golf. If you told me I could go play golf anywhere in the world tomorrow alone, just kind of be in my own thoughts, enjoying time by myself, I would probably go play every single hole in the property at Morfontaine. I actually had Morfontaine in the three hole. Oh, because nice. it was such a, you know, I guess, I guess apparently more meaningful round to me than to <laughs> you, but, um, the word I wrote down was magical because we played 18 at Morfontaine. We actually picked up a, a local, um, semi-local halfway through a Frenchman who spends part of his time in DC. I thought he was an American who spends part of his time in France. That's why I was stumbling over that. I couldn't couldn't quite remember. <laughs> Did he have a French accent or no? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he's left-handed. I remember that. Anyway, terrific guy. The way we got on was was basically through our superintendent and golf course architect connections. A, a guy knew a guy, and we were lucky enough when we were covering the uh, Ryder Cup in 2018 to get out there a few days early. And I think that was partly what made it so special was being in a new, you know, brand new place. We were exploring Paris. We got kind of lost on our way out to Morfontaine. We were, I think we were well late to whatever our tea time was supposed to be. Um, you know, the pro shop didn't really even exist. It was like a closet oh, they had gosh, to unlock right. uh, if you wanted to buy something. And then you get out there and the golf course was just so spectacular. I mean, like all the things you said are true. Very serene very pristine not overly manicured i think that's that's some of the comparison to pinehurst yep. is you know you have these towering trees everything is just so but it's also pretty natural feeling uh we played 18 and then we played nine more because our host took us around to show us the what's it called the valiers nine yeah the original course which is the original course and that's why i wrote magical is because it felt like it almost felt like we were finding it and a hidden nine holes <laughs> yeah. out there. Like it's like you go through the through the looking glass, down through the trap door, and here are these nine holes. There's a bunch of sort of half par holes, short par threes, drivable par fours, insane greens. Um place that somehow felt like it was modern golf course architecture, even though it's super, super, super old. Yeah. So I love Morfontaine. 
that that cracked my podium uh number six for sean so yeah i guess well deserved the augusta of france that's what someone someone called it i don't know if that's true except there are quite a few actually ladies out there so shout out to france (laughs) got some things figured out speaking of augusta national that's my number six sean wow the national i was um, (laughs) lucky enough to play augusta the day after the 2018 masters Mm, patrick reed you talk about living the dream it's it's just insanely cool to play golf on the course where they just you know finished playing the biggest golf tournament of the year they leave the pins where they are i don't know if they mow the grass to be honest they might just give those guys a day off but yeah I hope the golf so. course is basically set up the exact same way that it was the day before uh you get to putt from the same spots you get to you know recreate all the shots tigers chip whatever you want to do it's actually hard to like independently evaluate augusta as a golf course because you can't possibly separate that from just the experience of playing this super famous iconic course and walking the same fairways and seeing all the sight lines but even walking on the outside of the ropes or or you know covering the tournament is so different than actually being out in the middle of the fairway or in the rough and staring down the greens and trying to hit the shots it was a really unforgettable round and a really cool one augusta is not a perfect place but it's like it's it was a really pretty exciting thing to check off the bucket list Sean, you'll get there someday. I know it. I Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I have not played it yet. I don't have an invite coming from it yet. Um, so I guess I just have to keep covering the Masters until it happens. And if it doesn't, maybe there's a reason. Let's move on to my number five. The top five. My number five is actually two golf courses into one. It is Forest Dunes Loop. Oh. Tom Doak's The Loop, uh, which we played together this summer. Taken on its own, the black course at the loop, the red course on its own at the loop, I think what it lacks, what those courses lack in maybe like demanding golf holes, they easily make up for by oodles and oodles in creativity. You think like you are Tom Doak, the man who created it, the guy who lived nearby in Traverse City and spent more time on site at that design than any other design that he has ever created. Um, It forces you to think like a golf course designer. It forces you to think about what the superintendent does every single day. It forces you to turn around and look up a golf hole while you're still on it. Mm. Like how many times do you play the third hole at some golf course and then while you're in the fairway, you're looking back at the tee box? Never happens. You never look backward on a golf hole, but that course will make you do it 18 different times. And then the next day, it'll make you do it 18 more times when you play it in reverse. The the other part I think that is implied is that you play it twice because I don't think the course is going to blow you away. It'll It'll be really good one way and then it'll blow you away when you play it for a second time the next day. Those are kind of the rules. Maybe you play it on the 31st of a couple months in the summer and you get to play it twice in the same day. That is an incredibly special place, extremely new, but it's public. Go up there and have a hell of a time at the Loop, uh, at the entire Forest Dunes property. That There's not going to be a lot of resorts on our top 10, but that's a resort that I think deservedly uh, it needs to be included. It's a trip. I mean, you described it well, but 
you'll be walking down a fairway, see a bunker, be like, what's that thing doing there? And then you turn around and you're like, oh, cool. I see that it's in a landing area (laughs) or it's, you know, it's going to catch your ball as it's rolling out or it's going to protect the front of the green or something, but you're going the opposite direction and it's very disorienting. So I think that's a cool call. Number five for me, Bandon Dunes. I'm choosing the OG to kind of stand for the the whole resort here. Um, nice. I like the classics. I, I know that there's a, I think annoying would be a fair word, sort of process of debating the rankings of golf courses at Bandon after you go there. I'm also not sure how interesting a topic this is at this point because <laughs> Bandon has been so widely praised and it's so beloved and it don't get me wrong that's all well deserved we we did a whole podcast on the history of band and i think it's fascinating but it's almost uninteresting because they've done such a good job at casting a wide enough net that bandon can be enjoyed by a lot of people but also you're pushing people outside their comfort zone it's really not a typical country club experience and we talked to david mcclay kid about this the designer of bandon dunes and he was saying look this may be as close to nature as a lot of the golfers at this place ever get. <laughs> and you are out there. You're at a remote destination. It's it's relatively no frills, um, bare bones, pure golf, despite its high profile, I guess. So Bandon Dunes, absolutely, if you're a golfer, you've got to find a way to get it on the bucket list. Save together a little scratch. Take a trip out there. Um, well worth it. Play everything there. Sean hasn't done it, shamefully. I haven't done it. I haven't not done it myself. No, I will. And it's funny when you talk to the people at Bandon Dunes, like, we we got to get you out there. It's like, well, look, I don't have any. I'm too busy playing every other golf course around the country. Um, just haven't made it work. It's tough to get to. A little flex there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about Bandon is I think now if you're planning, you got to be planning for 2023 already. It sounds like ooh, they are. Yikes through the roof the way you described the ranking of it made me think it's kind of from where i sit someone who hasn't played any of the courses there really like hemming and hawing between like pacific dunes and like old mac and bandon dunes and whatever it's kind of like looking like an nba starting five and being like well who would you choose oh do you want kevin durant or like lebron or anthony davis uh you know they're all really 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 good number four for sean is I would, I guess you got to almost call it like the, you know, they want to be the Bandon Dunes of the Southeast. Pinehurst. Nice. I'll go with Pinehurst number two. This is where I think my list runs the risk of uh, being more basic than your list and maybe a little bit more cookie cutter compared to the top 100 lists around the world. Pinehurst number two is going to be in every top 15 of any golf course list all over the planet. Uh, for me, I have a number four. I've played it one time. It's one of the few golf courses, I think, in the entire world where I've had to think about every single shot because there are courses where you will hit a seven iron into the green and you'll bound over the green and it's a really good golf course, but you're playing from some kind of like, you know, pretty doable lie in the rough and you're playing to a pretty doable green that's not running that fast. And suddenly this golf course feels like a two-shot golf course, your first two shots into the green, and then, you know, you can kind of play bogey golf from there. Pinehurst, 
man, you are thinking about every single of your 18 tee shots. You're thinking about every single of your 14 approaches. You're thinking about every single one of your chip shots from five yards off the green. You're thinking extremely hard about the speed on every single one of your 30 to 36, 40 putts that you take. Like I've never had a golf course that tested me on every single shot that was also just like doing that to the other 200 people, maybe not 200, 100 people playing it that day. I mean, like that's a resort course to the nth degree that is like top, top a competition course. And yeah, you add to that with like one thing that really matters to me is that you can sit on the, the veranda around the 18th and you, I mean, I could put my laptop up, up there all day and do a bunch of work right there on the veranda, have a little beer and just watch golf for hours, hours and hours. Watch people play the 18th. I, w- I could do that all day. That sounds great. We should do that. We should do that. Work from Pinehurst. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's a reason everyone has it on their top 15 list. They're, they're probably right. My number four, Sean, is in Ireland. Uh, after covering the tournament at Royal Portrush, excuse me, Northern Ireland is where we're going. After after covering the uh, the Open Championship at Royal Portrush in 2019, yeah, I was going to say you started that by calling it the tournament at Royal Portrush. Come on, the tournament, the Open Championship. After crowning Shane Lowry the champion golfer of the year, not personally, I had food poisoning that day, but a couple buddies, <laughs> a couple of my my best college pals came over and we spent five days trekking from. Portrush back down south to Dublin playing 36 holes each day along the way. Wow. We we did not play Royal Portrush. That was taken by I guess the more more prized media members, but we did play a course called Ardglass. And this course, Sean, starts and finishes in particularly memorable fashion because it has the oldest the oldest building used as a golf clubhouse in the world allegedly. The clubhouse is a castle built in 1495. (laughs) So we're talking centuries of history packed into this. uh, And you're, you're just, you know, teeing off in this craggy corner of Northern Ireland. You're out on the East coast. uh, You're playing in the elements. We had sun, we had fog, we had sideways rain. There's a couple buildings that just kind of loomed out of the fog that just sat like on the edges of fairways. So there's a real sense that you're, you're just in a field you're out for an adventure you're taking an epic walk through northern ireland it could be could be 2019 it could be 1819 just a really really memorable golf experience we played golf courses that were higher ranked played golf courses that were certainly longer more challenging but Ardglass was the most memorable of those and when you're out with some pals Looking for adventure in a new country, I think that is a, a big thing that matters. So that's why it made it to my four hole. Sounds like basically the exact way I described Macrohanish, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said about us dumb Americans getting <laughs> baptized into the the waters of Lynx golf, and you know, I think that was for each of us that was the first trip across the pond right to really play golf in that part of the world and yes and so to to experience like some of the works and some of the character of the courses there i mean it's almost a cliche in golf that whole experience but it's true for a reason right and so many people have that same experience because it doesn't cease to be original 
when you go over there because what you're experiencing is real. Yeah, that checks out. To the podium, Sean. To the podium for me, number three, the bronze medalist, Beth Page Black. Oh, now shout out Muni Mondays. Have you played that course? No, we've booked tee times on it three separate times, but we've canceled each time for various reasons. <laughs> That's ridiculous. This is, this is you. Don't don't look at me. You can blame our bosses. Oh, I booked tee time for you on that course? Oh, yeah. A couple of years ago. I mean, we can take this off pod, but yeah, we had a couple of different times <laughs> where, I, where I think one time our, our boss was going to come with us. He couldn't come. Another time we thought we were going to be able to get off work. Then we had to work. Anyway. I've been wow. to Bethpage to cover a golf tournament. I have not played it, shamefully. So the things that I love about Bethpage are that it is intense. This is a golf course that will slap you around. If you are not good at golf, this course will tell you about it. it is a, it's a big boy golf course. They host major championships there. The USGA has taken the US Open there. The PGA of America has taken the PGA Championship there. The PGA Tour will bring its playoff events there. I think that is the ultimate like respect for an incredible golf course. It's like, oh, the, okay, the best players in the world. We're going to test it. Everyone wants that to have that test. The golf holes, I don't think, get the respect that they perhaps deserve. You know, we get so wrapped up in the fact that like, oh, there's... You know, there's pretty long carries on in some pretty hard, long par fours. And it's, you know, it's a pretty long walk. Yeah. Is that why it's, is that why it's famous for being so hard? Like it sort of gets thrown out there as one of the hardest golf course. Like, is that your experience playing it? That is really brutishly hard. And if so, why is that? Well, I think it's probably a course that more than anyone, more than any other courses, it's maybe played from the wrong tee boxes by a lot Mm. of 12 handicaps that want to play from the black tees and you know the first hole doesn't really set you up that way the black tees are basically like seven yards beyond the the white tees (laughs) or the 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 blue tees that's a point i've never thought of before is you should you really need to set expectations with maybe every golf course on the first tee they should feed you out to the main tee and then just set the tips like way the hell back there and say all right yeah you want it go get it that's what Whistling Straits, I think, does incredibly well. But um, this Beth Page gets so much love from me for being a Muni, for being $75 for mm. locals. I, I still have my New York State ID. I could play it tomorrow for $75. That's insane. It's truly incredible that that golf course costs that amount of money. Big points there. I think it, like, it is the essence of a Muni, too. The price, the fact that it is very, very much next door to the biggest city in the country. You know, it's always been claimed to be the people's golf course because so many people really want to get out there from New York City to play it. And then, you know, the driving range. You can't hit drivers out there. The most basic driving range, you know. I think there may be limited flight golf balls or, you know, it's like a maximum 200-yard shot, basically. That's the essence of a Muni to me. And then, like, along the eight, right, right behind 18... There's another little veranda up there that you can sit on the edge of and watch golfers come up on the 18th, have a beer. Uh, it kind of checks out a lot of the things that Pinehurst does really well but while being cheaper, perhaps just as intense, less resorty, great vibe. Very, very, very uh, warm place in my heart for, for Beth Page Black. That's terrific. I think it topped our, our Muni rankings, which came out this year for the first time ever. 
definitely go check those out because if you're looking for bang for your buck, I think that Muni ranking and also our, our value ranking, of course, is under 150 bucks. Mm -hmm. Some steals in there and Beth Page, I think, was was highly featured on both of those lists. Sean, my number two course, Taconic Golf Club. Never been. Never been invited either. Western Massachusetts Jewel, <laughs> where I played my college golf. I went to Williams College. I grew up in Williamstown. It's funny. Growing up, I didn't really, I didn't, my parents didn't really play any golf. So me and my brother introduced ourselves to the game. Our grandparents introduced our, us to the game really too. But when we were at home, we were kind of intimidated by Taconic because here it was this kind of iconic uh, semi-private local course seemed pretty intimidating, serious. <laughs> Realized eventually that that was not really the case. It is, it's serious in the sense that it's a great golf course and in the sense that it, it's pure golf. You know, there's, there's no tennis courts. There's not even a driving range on site. There's like a little field that doubles as the practice football field for the college that they, they can use some of the year. But this is just a piece of property that has enough space for one great golf course. Mm. If you're playing golf in September, late September, and you want to see some fall foliage, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better visual experience um, than getting out there on the, the 14th tee, which is a par three where Jack Nicholas made his first ever hole in one Wow! in the U S junior amateur. And you're kind of looking out over the, the trees you're looking out at pine cobble which is a mountain in the background and you're seeing this quaint new england college town um, and if you go to school there and you play on the golf team you essentially get to walk from class to the course <laughs> play nine or 18 holes every single afternoon wow and that is i mean this whole podcast is just us being spoiled but that may be the peak of me being spoiled playing golf do you think I'll ever get invited to play there? I like your chances. They've got a great out-of-state... <laughs> one of those things that i got to stop asking about it in order to get invited. It's one or the other, and it's hard to figure out which it is, right? It's like you either have to ask so that it actually happens, or you, you, know, you have to not ask, so it's not like, oh, geez, this guy's asking again. All right, well... I should say more Fontaine was my number three. That's why we skipped to number two there for me. Yes. I will talk about number two. Of course, a lot of people know, um, and I'm going to transition by telling the story of my buddy, Graylin, Graylin Loomis, who went to college at the University of St. Andrews. He got the local residence pass to play St. Andrews Ooh. basically 200 times during his college experience, the old course. Um, by the time he and I interned together at Golf Magazine, Graylin told me he had played he had played the old course 180 times. That's incredible. <laughs> Which is absurd. Uh, shout out to you, Graylin, and more so shout out to St. Andrews, especially for like the local resident rates and passes that they have. Everyone that calls themselves a true blue golfer needs to go play golf at St. Andrews at some point. The home of golf, there's only so much I can say about it. Why is it my number two? everything that you've ever heard about it. I think you'll never have more nerves than when you're on the first tee there because there's a lot of people standing around watching you because they're getting ready to have their own nerves of their own on the first tee. Did you hit that enormous fairway? The biggest fairway in golf. Somehow you still have nerves. Um, I did. Did you I find did it? Hit it. Did you yeah, find the fairway? Yeah, I actually. All right. 
actually smoked smoked a uh, hybrid and then and then chunked a wedge short of the burn which is the, the place to leave it <laughs> the thinking man's layup but yeah n- incredible amount of nerves on the first hole and then an incredible setting to drink beers at right behind the 18th hole that seems like a theme here you like to pour yourself a tall boy and watch some other people play golf after your rounds it sounds yeah. like this is really coming through i mean that I don't do a whole lot of drinking on the golf course. I don't know why that is. Maybe because I'm like always competing with myself and what I think I can shoot on this golf course. Yeah, you try hard. I, people should understand <laughs> that about you. You, you, you're not like a a careless or carefree or whatever. Ten handicap, eight handicap, wherever you are, you're you're an effortful and honest mm-hmm. golfer out there. Currently, seven point eight. So we'll be honest about that wow. part. Uh, Career low? 7.6 <laughs> was like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole point of being incredibly nervous on the first and then wanting to soak in the setting at the home of golf right behind the 18th is that the most playable golf course in between those two holes. You go out and you go back and a lot of people shoot their best score in their career to that point Mm -hmm. or or the best score they've ever had on a great golf course at st andrews because it's it's eminently playable and there's so much to love about it and where it sits in the setting and like if you need me to like really wax poetically i think i've told you this the first time that i drove through town i drove from edinburgh you know driving on the left side of the road for the first time in my life i'm trying my best to just not crash this car and I turn on to Gulf Road, which is the road that runs behind the first tee and the 18th uh, green. Well named. I look and then over to my left is Ernie Els just walking up the hole. Or walking walking <laughs> up, not even walking up the hole, walking up the road. He was staying on the in the, the corner, I guess, condo. And I was just like, holy cow. This is an, an open champion, a four-time major champion, one of the greatest players of his generation, He's just soaking in the scene at the home of golf behind the 18th hole. Wow. That was pretty, that was pretty special. Um, and St. Andrews delivers that honestly, not just for me, for a lot of people. So that's number two. Fantastic. I've not played St. Andrews again. Haven't been to Scotland, but I hope it's in my near future, Sean. Number one for me is going to be the first place I ever played golf. Blue Hill country club, a nine holer on the coast of Maine, mm-hmm. Sean's favorite new golf state. <laughs> this is where my grandparents lived. It's it's not far from Acadia National Park. It's three-ish hours north of Portland, so it's pretty far up there. It's far enough up that there's not much population density, um, which means that the golf is you know pretty cheap. Land is not quite as precious. It means that you can get this pretty cool family summer atmosphere. It's definitely a course that is extremely active in the months of June. It's July. It's August. It's like school vacation time. And it's called a country club, but it's a country club in, in kind of name only. It was a very carefree place. We could learn how to play as five, six year olds there, you know, could play barefoot basically forever. I think they started to maybe frown on that the last couple of years, but I was going to say, I feel like I've, I've read about your barefoot adventures there. It's true. I always mention that the barefoot thing because I feel like it really drives home the point of like golf can just be out there to be enjoyed and to be a challenge. Um, and there's this 
really cool 83 yard hole that just sticks out in a little peninsula into the ocean. And at low tide, you can go out and find golf balls on the, you know, little beach and marsh and rocks next to it. And at high tide, it turns into basically an island green. And it's just super cool. It's it's the essence of Maine. It's the summer dream. And uh, it's probably still my favorite place to play golf. Because, you know, it's just short nine-hole course, par 30. We would play it as kids, you know, three, four, five times in a day. And uh, that's where I learned how to play. Wow. Uh, I feel like a fraud now because I'm putting Pine Valley at number one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is good, though. There's different versions of good and of favorite, Sean, and I think people should appreciate and know that, and I want to hear about the greatness of Pine Valley. Well, I'll try and keep it brief. Um, Every single hole on that course is amazing from the tee box. Every single hole seems extremely manageable, but I've never seen a golf course where the margins test you more than that place, where it's like, hey, man, you know where to hit it, but you probably won't be able to. And when you don't, now you got to play with this crap. Now you got to play from these bunkers that don't have rakes in them. And, you know, there's uneven lies here and there. And you just, you haven't deserved to get bailed out by this golf course. And so this golf course will not bail you out. I, I truly believe that the third hole can be better than the sixth hole, which can be better than the 18th. And then the next three days, you'll be like, well, the 18th is actually better than the third suddenly. And every single hole out there, every single hole is good. It's incredible. It's extremely private. I hope everyone who listens will get the chance to play it at some point in their life. Um, <laughs> Open Pine Valley. <laughs> yeah. Look, Pine Valley's awesome. I fully yeah. agree with this. It's relentless. It's brawny. It's it's just a big old test. It demands some good golf shots from you. I had a good time playing there with you. One huge caveat. It can be unseated from my number one. It is not there permanently. I might never play it again. So, it, you know, that experience is kind of stuck there and it could be unseated it could definitely be unseated by a golf course that is great design wise has a bit of the vibe that i love um, like we've discussed and also just isn't quite as off limits so hopefully we'll find that place Um, let's move on we have you know we're coming up on an hour here we got to give some people a little bit of a break, but first <laughs> intermission. When you look at the the golf course, yeah, the golf courses that you have played in the world that are like your favorite, that don't fit on your favorite list, but fit on a lot mm-hmm. of other people's favorite lists um, that you think are distinctly overrated for a certain reason or another. What course comes to mind? Hopefully, it's not the same as mine. Yeah, and you know, I hate to take shots at golf courses because every golf course is great in its own way, right? But I was fairly uninspired by two golf courses that I was lucky enough to get the chance to play. One of them is Oak Hill. Mm. Another, the second one is Quail Hollow. And the reason that I included both of them is because we are visiting each of those courses in the near future. Soon. In big time events in professional golf. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, they're good. They're good golf courses. They've got some really nice holes. They have plenty of history famous golfers have played and won at each place they're objectively good golf courses they do not inspire my imagination either one of them what about you i love that take Uh, i appreciate you dogging two courses instead of just one i will (laughs) i will dog just one and uh anyone who i guess follows me on twitter probably would have already seen this take 
but I, I don't think that Tory Pines is properly rated. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is an old take. We've had nice times out there. We've played it a couple times together. We've had good times. I think when we talk about properly rated, underrated, overrated, I think that one's overrated. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Overrated by the USGA, I think because of the brilliance of Tiger Woods. I wrote about how it should be rerouted. I think the best golf holes on it are probably on the front nine. I think basically our top 100 courses you can play list properly ranked it. I think it's ranked 72nd in our top 100 courses you can play. Hmm. And then year, you know, years ago it was, you know, it is it has been given so much hype because of Tiger because of the USGA that a lot of people think it's one of the best public courses in in the world and it's just it's not in the top 50 so it's a great piece of property the combination of that like it's it's on these majestic cliffs there are some really cool vistas it presents well you know via drone i would say on tv which we saw this year but you're you're correct tiger woods being great hyped it up as this terrific golf course and it's a great piece of property with with a golf course that should be better. Yeah. All right. One course atop my bucket list. The number one course that I've never played that I'm desperate to play, unfortunately, is the one that you got to play, Pebble Beach. Mm, cool. I'll be pretty brief. It's atop a lot of people's bucket lists. I got to see it during the 2019 Open, US Open. And setting foot in the middle of the sixth fairway this is what this is what the the story that'll be actually kind of cool it's like i don't remember what day it was during the tournament but i was on my way back in and the final group had gone through the sixth hole and so they the final group was probably on like the eighth hole and so people start to like really focus on that part of the golf course and the ropes kind of came down along the sixth fairway or like out in the rough of the sixth hole and fans just kind of started walking up the golf course, they kind of just started walking up. They wanted a picture of the, from the sixth fairway. They wanted a picture with their family for their Christmas card. I could see this all happening. People thinking about their Instagram, but the problem was this was technically off limits. And, uh, I went out there in the middle of it. I think I eventually wrote about this little scene that happened when kind of chaos broke out in the sixth hole for like 15 minutes. Um, and I couldn't help but think, holy cow, all these people want to do is to, to hit that shot, to hit that shot from the sixth fairway that I guess Tiger hit from the rough, but Tiger hit in 2000 to play the shot from the seventh hole that, you know, it's a tee box that people get married on as of most recently. Two people ever, apparently. Shout out to Jim Nance. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. To, to play the eighth hole that I think Jack Nicklaus calls that his, his favorite hole in the world. It's a course I think Jack Nicholas said he would play if he could play one course the rest of his life every single day. It'd be Pebble Beach. Now, I think you're right about there's a couple holes in the back nine that don't exactly inspire. You know, 11, 12, 13, 15, not the most inspiring holes. <laughs> um, but suddenly it puts you into the 16, 17, 18 range, and you forget that, uh, yeah, this is – you remember that this is uh, one of the best courses in the world for a reason. So that's the top of my list. People buy enough Arnold Palmer spiked seltzers, Sean. This could be in your future. Then we can go. This could Come be on. out there. My bucket list, Terra E.T. Oh, wow. Is that how you say it? Yes. Terra E.T. It's Tara E.T. It's a little bit of an awkward one. I think, like everything, it sounds better with a 
New Zealand accent, but that's part of the appeal. It's across the world. It holds this, I mean, kind of fantastic image in my mind. The pride of New Zealand, this Tom Doak course situated on the coast uh, with, it just looks ridiculous. It looks like it's got fantastic views. It's got that sand belt design, plays firm and fast. It's got all the, this modern minimalism thing going on. It's got this old school linksy playing feel going on. I mean, I've seen videos of it. I've seen photos of it. People have droned it. I want, I want to go there. I want to play it. I want to just soak in the greatest New Zealand golf has to offer. I think there's a fantastic golf trip to be built out of this, but yeah, that that's number one on my list. I think it, it'll, that, may take a few years to check yeah. this one off though sean you know how so many people including us for a long time are like oh i just want i just want to play augusta national i, I just want to play pine valley um that's a course that a lot of people those are courses a lot of people have played but like terra Ter- is a course that a lot of people want to play but just very few people have played it it's kind of yeah. like exists in the background that's a tough place to get to you, you fly to Hawaii, you're like a quarter of the way there. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's the top of your list because you probably won't be getting there anytime soon. That's right. It's like dog chasing a car, Sean. All right. Well, Dylan, I don't know how this got to be over 60 minutes, but it did. Maybe that's this because has been fun. we like time uh, flies. We like talking golf courses. So you need to go get married and then go have your honeymoon and then leave the drop zone in my hands. So thank you for sharing your top 10 list. That's right. This is my final work activity. And then I'll, you know, I'll just be off the grid for a couple of weeks. It's going to be nice. I'll come back refreshed. I'll save my CJ cup takes until they're <laughs> cooled off and irrelevant. So it'll be like they never even happened. All right. Well, you know, if anyone's still listening at this point, they're probably just friends of you or mine who might even be at your wedding. But thanks to y'all who listened. Go out and buy some AP spiked lemonade. ArnoldPalmerSpiked.com slash drop zone 2021 Hornell Brewing Company. Memphis, Tennessee, malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly. See ya.